0: Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo, as always, joined by Joe Resinello, and once more, dear brothers and sisters, let us go in to the breach on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, thirteen fifty on your AM dial, one hundred three point nine on your FM dial, serving the New York metropolitan area. Please be sure to download the Veritas Catholic Radio Network mobile app so that you can have access to all of our station's content. And also, if you want to help Joe and I at the FrontlineTV.com, the FrontlineTV.com. We are on YouTube. We are on Facebook. We're trying to get away from that and direct people to our um, dedicated website. So we stay away from all the censors out there um, because Joe and I are going to probably get kicked off soon anyway. Uh, But yeah, if you want to help us out, that would be great. And today... We are very pleased and honored to be joined by Dan Burke, and we're going to be discussing his new book published by Sophia Press, The Devil in the Castle, St. Teresa of Avila, Spiritual Warfare, and the Progress of the Soul. Um, I know that many of you out there in our audience know who Dan is. Having said that, a brief bio, Dan Burke is the founder and president of the Avila Institute, for Spiritual Formation, which offers graduate and personal enrichment studies in spiritual theology to priests, deacons, religious and laity in 90 countries and prepares men for seminary in over 30 dioceses. Uh, Dan is the author and editor of more than 17 books on authentic Catholic spirituality and hosts the Divine Intimacy radio show with his wife, Stephanie, which is broadcast weekly on EWTN radio. In his deep commitment to the advancement of faithful catholic spirituality he is also the founder of apostoli va a worldwide private association of the faithful dedicated to living and advancing the authentic spiritual patrimony of the roman catholic church most importantly dan is a blessed husband father of four grandfather of one and grateful to be catholic and this is what bishop athanasius schneider um had to say about the book we're going to be discussing today quote in the midst of dark times we need light and clarity dan burke provides both through his illumination of the wisdom of saint Teresa of avila regarding how we can and must fight the forces that seek to keep us from our high calling to union with god close quote dan burke welcome to the front line with joe and joe brother
2: it's great to be with you guys joe i have to say you you deserve an award because you're the first one who's pronounced uh, apostoli va properly the without asking in the first time out so uh, good job
0: i I, i'm not gonna lie to you dan when i first i i was thinking about it i said I, I think I know. I go to the Latin Mass anyway. But okay. I was like, I, th- I think I know how to say that little a e at, uh-huh. at the end. You, well,
2: but, that you're a Latin Mass guy is the is the secret, I think. All right. Who was
0: your
1: Italian teacher at Seton Hall, Joe?
0: Uh, what Seton Hall Prep or you?
1: Yeah, the, uh, Seton Hall Prep.
0: Anthony Lupica.
1: There we go. I give him credit. I'm going to give him yeah, oh, Lupica yeah, yeah, credit. Yeah.
0: So we got a little bit of that there too. Uh, okay. So with that, Dan, um, thank you again for being on the show. And you know, I'm going to hand it over to Joe Rossinello
1: Dan, we always start with the prayer, because all good things start with the prayer, and this is a good thing. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who sought your help or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, we fly unto you, a virgin of virgins, our mother. To you we come, before you we stand, sinful and sorrowful. O mother of the word, incarnate, despise not our petitions, but in your clemency, hear and answer us, amen. Name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Dan, we're obviously going to talk about your book. Um, but before we get into that, we want to talk about the Avila Institute. And I'll be honest with you. Um, obviously, we do our research before we uh, have these interviews. And I'll tell you what, I think the Holy Spirit is at work here because what you're doing on a very large scale. I have been saying for decades, the church needs to be recatechized. Decades. I mean, I've taught RCIA, I've had Bible studies. You're just doing it on a humongous scale. And I've seen the litany of teachers. I mean, it's 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 impressive. Tell our audience about. Um, the Avila Institute. Obviously your inspiration comes from Teresa of Avila, but your basic evolution into this, because I think this is something that is a pervasive idea and it's so needed.
2: Yeah. So we, uh, I established spiritualdirection.com in 2009 to repropose the mystical tradition back to the church. Uh, so you talk about re-catechizing, it's sort of uh, that idea. And out of that, it grew like crazy i thought like seven or eight people would be interested and then now we have uh, readers in 190 countries and so the readers of that website uh said you know we can't get this formation anywhere would you please provide classes and i said no i don't have the ability to do that of you know fully employed and I said, well, maybe we could do webinars, you know, little blips. And and I I was, uh, so, and I had written my first book, uh, 2011, Navigating the Interior Life. So I had a lot of content. So we started doing webinars, and then people kept saying, but we want classes, we want more. And so a good friend of mine and I were writing a book together, Dr. Anthony Lillis, and I said, Dr., and this is 2013, I said, Dr. Lillis, it, it, in 10 years, I want to establish something like the trisiana in rome which was the epicenter of spiritual formation in the church uh pre before the council and uh said i want to i want to do it within 10 years and i want it to be everyone has access you know according to excordia ecclesiae, most catholic institutions don't make it easy even even after that even though they agree with the document uh, for people who are poor to to receive formation so he said, I want to do it now. And I said, Oh, well, I had the advanced sales of my book. uh won the best Catholic book in 2011. I had, I don't know, 25,000. I put it in nonprofit just to serve the poor. And I said, I have the money, I know, but we've got to make sure we serve people who don't have money and do the formation. So, first class was fall of 2013. We had 58 students. Uh, this, this last year, um, we averaged over 700 students a quarter. So it's, it's really priest, religious, laity. We've given away about a million dollars in scholarships since 2013. Um, and of course, as you mentioned in the bio, we're now doing formation for guys to, as they're heading into the priesthood, into priestly formation so that's a big part of our work now which i'm really uh, really just delighted about
1: dan i mean the thing i love about what you said is it's for the regular man that's what this show is about i mean i just to give you a little background joe's the son of a teamster i'm the son of a barber um you know most catholics are normal regular people see too much on social media to be honest with you it's like People don't read encyclicals, you know, the average person, you know, like they're, they're and, and frankly, they're just some people are just they didn't go to college, but they believe in God. And, and frankly, they haven't been formed. And I think sometimes we're not marketing to them. Christ was a, a carpenter and the people that worked that 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 joined him, they weren't educated so i mean like we forget about these people i mean i could go on and on they're my people to be honest with you and i love what you just said because that is so needed years ago like my family members my uncles my aunts they didn't go to college but they knew the faith now forget it you know what i mean like like just from what i i see i mean it's such a needed thing you know like
0: Honestly, I mean Joe, what do you think about it? No, no, well Dan, go ahead. You were about you were about to Well, I mean,
2: it, I'll say something to that because you we're on the same page. We do have a graduate program and that's how we started, but we have something called school of spiritual formation. It's not even undergraduate level. It's the same quality you'd get at graduate level, but it's very inexpensive and it's for the barber, the carpenter, you know, the plumber or the attorney or the, you know, wherever you are in the spectrum of, of, uh, of work and, uh, intellect and, you know, interest. And of course you have genius IQs and with plumbers and end attorneys both. But the point is we wanted to create a kind of formation that was accessible to the, to the mom with six kids or to the CEO, um, and, and without borders or boundaries. So that, program is not accredited because accreditation costs a ton of money and wastes a ton of time. And then you get people who don't care about the gospel overseeing your institution and telling you what to do. And I say to hell with that. So the, it keeps you from serving good people. So that's what we do. So I I really, you know, I'm the first one in my family to get a degree. So I, I, my dad was a poor single mom and and came up uh and did very well as a bricklayer and then an industrial contractor so i have a real heart for just the average person who desperately wants to know god and whom god made for an eternal relationship with him and and i think a lot of institutions of higher learning overlook the average person and really don't don't Uh, Don't create a they roll out a red carpet for people who've got a lot of money, unfortunately, and uh, that misses uh, hundreds of thousands of other people who who really want to know and grow in the Lord.
0: No, exactly right. Um, And you're listening to the Frontline with Joe and Joe on the Veritas Catholic Network. We're pleased and honored to be joined by Dan Burke. And we are discussing his new book, which is out by Sophia Press, the devil in the castle, St. Teresa of Avila, spiritual warfare and the progress of the soul. One, Dan, one thing I would tell you um, is that you know, I think about it all the time. It's like, what are what are we doing? Like, uh, like, am I encouraging people to read Aquinas? or to read those encyclicals or am I or Joe and I just trying to be catholic men who are encouraging men to go back to confession to pray the rosary to go to weekly mass if not daily mass okay, to begin fasting I just started doing Exodus 90 um you know with with a bunch of guys I just moved to Arizona but a bunch of guys back in Connecticut and then I keep having to remind myself I'm not it's for Joe and I to read articles to read Dan Burke to understand what this one's saying and that was it but for the purpose of helping to Assisting in those who are forming everyday Catholics simply to get back to the basics. Yeah. Simply because I think if we could just get them back to the basics, okay? then people, like I said, will, will that's going to be more reflected in their lives, you know, living, let's say, living the Catholic faith rather than imbibing this this swamp of a culture that we live in. Please comment on that deal.
2: Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. And in fact, if my, all of my writing, this is the biggest book I've written. Most of my books are under 20,000 pages, and they're written to reach anyone, I think eighth grade, and above is what i usually target writing style mm-hmm. and the reason for that is just what you're saying is is uh my desire is to uh, ignite the flame you know of god in the souls of, of people who are ready for it and who want it but you can't do that you know i just we're on the same page i mean we're, i i write and work and and seek to reach out to people who are the the majority hopefully of Catholics who want to know the Lord, not, uh, not at the academic level. So even The Devil in the Castle, though it's my biggest book, and my most in-depth book, is, is, is super practical. You know, at the end of every chapter, I summarize the whole chapter into the key strategies of the enemy and then outline uh, how you can fight that uh, and encouragement and then questions for examination just because I didn't want the material to go over people's heads and not give them practical ways to fight because it's a tough time right now. And there is, you know, the other thing I'll say to, to add to what you said and both of you have said is no renewal, every renewal in the church, I'll say it this way, has, was preceded by a renewal of mental prayer. Mental prayer is foundational to what you're saying in terms of catechesis because it's all about helping someone to come to know the person and work of Christ, to come to love him and to emulate him. That's foundational to our faith. And we don't get that right; nothing else follows. You can even learn, you know, the liturgy, and you can learn a lot of things about faith. You can read the catechism, but if you don't know the one uh, to whom the catechism points us, um, then you know you're just gaining knowledge that puffs up, as Saint Paul said, rather than love that builds up. So we're on the same page. I think it's a, it's a tough time and and to bring about renewal we need to get people praying we need to get them the basics of the faith like what are the sacraments how do they approach the holy sacrifice of the mass you know you and i both know you guys know all the data says that most catholics go forward probably in a state of mortal sin 70% disagree with the church teaching regarding or whether implicitly or explicitly regarding the church teaching on the on the uh the the real presence of Christ in the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. That means they're going forward uh, as functional heretics, and so they're eating and drinking damnation. And we as laity and priests and religious and bishops, we work with all the spectrum, need to get back to helping people understand how to eat and drink salvation, not damnation. How to go to confession and actually have a valid confession? You guys both know that it's possible to go to confession and have no benefit from it if you don't have a firm purpose of amendment. You know, if you don't understand what sufficient uh, matter for absolution is, I would say to most people out there, if you're listening, that you don't understand confession, and you you need to dig in. It not, it's not complex, but. These basic things are what will bring renewal in the church. Will bring holy men uh, to the priesthood and holy women to a, a religious life, and and see a, a, a different place. Hopefully for our kids. You know, the three of us are going to die. I don't see. I don't think we're going to die seeing the renewal. I, I'm hopeful of otherwise, but just practically speaking, it's so dark right now, and we really have the hierarchy in many places is against us. But I but I think our, there's a chance for our kids. And my grandchildren to see something better than what we've lived through.
1: I, I would agree. And I'll tell you, you touched on something. You say renew, not reform. Yeah. The church renews. There's nothing to reform because it's perfect. Yeah. You see, we have to you, you know, Christ is the greatest, like teacher and the eucharist when we sit before it i always say that that is where we find the lord there's too many people in social media it's become like it's ego fest and and frankly i don't care like, ultimately, like, God has to touch the heart, and ultimately, when that happens, everything else starts to move. Everything else starts to move. And speaking of someone who touched the, touches the heart, we're going to talk about Teresa of Avila, because she was a great uh, renewer. Of the church, I mean, she basically went into the uh, the Carmelite order. Um, they call her the Big Teresa. The Little Teresa is the little flower. And she and she basically renewed her order. Talk about the importance of Teresa Vava. Of Obviously, she is someone who's important to you. You named your institute after her, and now you're writing a book about her.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, in terms of the history of the church, there's been no important, more important writer. Uh, I would say with the exception maybe of St. John of the Cross, and I do think St. Alphonsus Liguori is is up there in this list as well, on the topic of what it means, how it is that we come to union with God, what is authentic discipleship, what does it mean to really follow Jesus, what is prayer, and and how how do we learn to pray? I think the thing she reveals in her writing that is a bit obscure in our time is that you can be in the kingdom, like if you think of ancient, like where she is from in Avila, Spain, There, it's a walled city. Walls are about 12 feet thick. And oftentimes these walled cities then have a castle in the middle of them. And in terms of using it to compare to the kingdom of God, coming into the initial gate into the cast into the kingdom you're you're in the walls so that's baptism confirmation but you're not necessarily an authentic disciple of Jesus until you enter the interior castle which is in the center of the kingdom right until you really say i'm going to fulfill my baptismal promises i'm going to live to the fullness my confirmation and what she did is ask and answer the question how do i do that How do I get from, I'm in the kingdom, I'm a good, let's say I'm a good person, I'm a traditionalist, I go to the Latin Mass, or I'm a Novus Ordo person, and I I really uh, seek to follow the teachings of the church, whatever it is, I do all of these good things, but there are a lot of good people wandering around in the outer court, and that is a very precarious spiritual place, and her whole mission was to say, hey jesus is in there and there are certain things you need to do and ways that you need to approach your relationship with him that will deepen your yes and your salvation it will give you what you need to draw near to god and then delete others in the same way but those things are very obscure in our time they're not talked about ever i can't remember a single homily i've ever heard maybe one on uh, mental prayer in particular which is the most important kind of prayer outside of the holy sacrifice of the mass so that's really was her mission to say this is how you come to union with god which changes you and then changes the world around you
0: for those of you just joining us here at the front line with joe and joe we're on the veritas catholic radio network with dan burke and we're discussing his most recent book the devil in the castle saint Teresa of avila spiritual warfare and the progress of the soul So, Joe, I'm going to hand it over to you.
1: Isn't it funny, though, how God always sends saints amongst the trials, both in the church and outside of it? That's why I don't worry. I'll be truthful with you. God is in control. The minute we start to think that, oh, we're going to fix it, we put our hands in this and this, nothing gets fixed. I read something that put a—because I used to, to be honest with you, try to do it with my own hands, I've I've come full circle on it. I don't freak out anymore. And I read something that I, I want, I'd love your comment on it. It talked about great people, saints like Francis, like Teresa of Avila, like St. Dominic. They did not try to fix the church like you would try to fix a corporation. And when we try to fix the church like that, frankly, you get so frustrated, you'll want to leave it. And I see that on social media. It's all about ego. It's all about pride. What we have to do is get holy. And that's what Teresa of Avila did. And that's what you just explained, Dan, about becoming holy and then making
2: people around you holy.
1: I'd love to hear your comment on that.
2: Yeah, you're dead on target. I mean, so Teresa's the beginning. So Teresa didn't even get right you know, with the Lord and become the great reformer she was till she was close to 50 years old. And the beginning of the end of her uh, waning period where she was a nun, but she was sort of in and out of sanctity by her own description, was when she picked up a book on mental prayer by a a Franciscan named Francisco Asuna. And she read that. And then a number of years later, she had this incredible encounter with Jesus uh, in prayer that, radicalized everything inside of her and then at that point it all blew up and she went on the terror to found 17 monasteries in just a a number of years on a wagon with wooden wheels no cell phone no running water you know i mean no internet internet connection (laughs) no internet no air conditioning no heater you know, I mean, the woman revolutionized the world, and and the and the way she did it, as as Joe, I'll, I'll tell you, Joe one and Joe two, but as Joe one said, the way she did it was she had an authentic encounter with Jesus, which transformed her. And you, and I will also say, you're right. There are a lot. You know, I had I, I somebody invited me to their house. Nice person, in California. I'm not criticizing them in any way, but they had some interesting ideas that I I found, frankly. little humorous, and and um, I I said uh, she the person said I said well what are you doing to you know well we're going to hold the bishops accountable, and I almost laughed interiorly and because I but so I said so how are you going to do that you know but I controlled my facial expressions and all that and uh, she said well we're we're just going to we're going to get after them it's like okay. So, you know, I didn't say this to her, but I wanted to say, so just so you know, God didn't give you that job, and you're going to make no difference in your pitchfork and uh, torch parades at all. Now. You'll make a difference if you're holy personally. you'll make a difference if you manage your checkbook and you make sure you give it to places in the church that are that are truly holy and doing good things uh, rather than dumping it into a basket that goes to fund a lot of you know evil things. So you can have an effect as an individual when you gr- when you gather with others to collectively you know take a stand. I agree with that but but (laughs) you know it's for the pope to hold the bishops accountable and if the pope isn't on the right track it's for god to get the pope on the right track i'm not making any statements about the pope i'm just talking about the hierarchy of the church and how it works what what do we have control over joe one joe two dan burke what do we have control over what 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 happens when my alarm clock goes up in the morning do i grab a beer or do i grab my bible you know, which one? Do do I just go, you know, trudge off to work and not pray and not draw near to the Lord? Or do I dig deeply into what it means to be in relationship with Him? Then when I'm full, do I go out and spread the gospel? Do I help other people know Christ? Do I help them know the teachings of the church? That's what's going to renew the church. All things for God begin before God on our knees. When we get that right, then when we stand up, we stand up in the power of God and we move forward in the power of God and, and we, we light up the world. But the rest of that other stuff, I'm cool with, you know, I used to be the president of EWTN News. I get, you know, we broke the first Vigano letter and I'm glad we did. I'm That's all good and fine. But day to day for us, the laity, our job is to be very holy, to be changed by him like Teresa was. And when Joe one and Joe two are all that they should be. You're going to change the world. It's just going to happen. It's not possible for you to have an authentic encounter with Jesus and not change the world around you. Otherwise, and if it's not happening, then you got to ask the question: What's, where's, where's my relationship with Him? I
0: I I, I can't agree with you no more, Dan. Uh, Dan Burke joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe and the Veritas Catholic Network. I'll tell you just a quick personal story. Um, I was in that camp. In other words, when I strayed from the church, and you know, those I never left the church, just wasn't practicing because I, I, I was of I was in the world and of the world. OK, put it like that. Um, I came back to the church. And you know how when that happens, you you, you get overzealous, right? And all of a sudden you want to you think you're going to change the world, as you just described. And you can, as, as again, Dan Burke just described. In other words, through personal holiness. And then that and then that radiating out to the larger society is the way i would take that but i was in that camp I, i'm not going to lie to you yeah get the bishops the bishops right. didn't do this the bishop didn't. look the, the the law and the lord are going to take care of theodore mccarrick okay right. uh the uh cardinal marks and whoever you want to point the finger at okay or you know any of them uh, they, they have to stand before the lord if they were not yep. good shepherds that's for jesus yeah. now do I have to open my mouth when when something is said that's outrageous okay yes, yeah. yeah, so of course we have to speak out okay but as Joe and I Dan Burke say on the show all the time if you're not prepared to clean up your own house you're not changing anything we have that's, about a, we have about a minute before the break I'd love to comment on that Dan
2: well dead on target if you I, I mean I just say it over and over again If you're not prepared to clean up your own house you're not doing anything and if you're an habitual mortal sin you're not in daily mental prayer you're not living as an authentic disciple of jesus what you need to do is shut your trap get to confession get a a deeper understanding sorry i'm speaking new york no i understand that completely
0: (laughs) (laughs) dan i don't know know if anybody told you we wouldn't have it any other
3: way
2: (laughs) okay good you know but that's really what needs to happen be you know go get yourself right with the lord get holy and when people start saying hey you know i want to know what you know because you're you have a lot more peace than me then open your mouth but uh yeah i was zealous too you know i wanted to do a lot of things and i wasn't prepared because my my spiritual life wasn't there but if we get that right we get right in our relationship with jesus then he will use us to to change the world
0: Absolutely. And and we're going to have to take an, a, break, uh, a break in about 30, 30 seconds or so. But that, to me, that's the thing. Joe Rassinello on the show, Dan, he makes the point all the time. If you're complaining about the church or things that are going on, if you're complaining about the bishop, here's a good challenging question that my brother-in-law always says, are you fasting for the church? Yeah are yeah, you fasting again yep. are you doing and i'm not the greatest faster in the world i'm not going to sit here and lie to you or our audience okay and i'm, yeah. I'm trying to to, to get yeah. into that good habit of, of of truly fasting but when i do do get it right I, i'm i'm offering it up for the for the bishops that's for, right for the hierarchy for, for their salvation yeah because you could sit here and you could get you could get on this social media all you want and say you know these guys are going to burn in hell okay maybe they are maybe they're not i don't know who made you god um to say that but that would be the question that i would ask anybody are you fasting for them are you yeah. praying for them because that yeah. is what we're called to do let's leave it there for a second dan burke who's joining us at the front line with joe and joe we're on the veritas catholic radio network and we're discussing and we're going to continue to discuss the devil in the castle saint Teresa of avila spiritual warfare and the progress of the soul be be, be sure oh and by the way you could buy that um sophia press right dan people can yep, get sophia that at directly press, from yeah. from the from the website am i correct yep, yep. You so we do would encourage spiritual. you don't go out, don't go yeah. out and
2: buy the book on amazon go and buy it and no no spiritualdirection.com forward slash shop or hit the shop button out there yeah
0: there you go and we're going to give dan a couple of uh, opportunities to say that again so stick around we're going to continue the conversation joe restinella i would like to get into the mental prayer at some point because that's something that i need to learn a little bit more about so in the meantime stick around don't go anywhere with we, we have dan burke uh for another segment
3: Listen to all five of our original Veritas shows. Every Wednesday at noon, you can catch Let Me Be Frank, where Bishop Frank Caggiano talks about spirituality, church news, and fun stories from his Brooklyn childhood and his life. You can hear The Frontline with Joe & Joe every Tuesday and Thursday at noon. Their guests include the biggest names in the Catholic world, and Joe & Joe talks to them from the perspective of the everyday Catholic. Thursday nights at eight o'clock, tune in for the only late night talk show on Catholic media anywhere. It's not that late with Liv Harrison. And at noon on Friday is Restless. It's four millennials talking about, well, life as millennials in today's crazy world. Yes, it's possible to be young and Catholic. Right after that at 1230, you can hear the Focus on Veritas, where we put the focus on good works and the good people doing those works. Those are the five Veritas shows and there's more on the way stay up to date at VeritasCatholic.com or on the mobile app
0: welcome back everyone to the front line with Joe and Joe Joe Pasillo and Joe resinello we're way in the breach with Dan Burke on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network and we're discussing his new book available by Sophia press published by Sophia press the devil in the castle Saint Teresa of Avila spiritual warfare and the progress of the soul Joe Resinello I'm gonna hand it over to you
1: Dan. this is one of the many things that caught my eye about this book that I believe is definitely a must read um you say this you say that most demonic activities take place undetected under the radar and can even this is the part that caught my eye and can even be hidden in our own prayer lives and in the churches we attend mass you gotta elaborate on that because the devil's smart and he knows how to get in our lives um Please, and these are places you never would think that the devil can be found. You're saying he's there. Please tell our listeners about this.
2: Well, in prayer, one of the things, I I have a book on discernment of spirits, spiritual warfare and discernment of spirits, where I talk about this fundamental idea that some of the thoughts in your head are not yours and you shouldn't listen to them. Uh, The doctors of the church, Teresa of Avila and others, reveal that the devil actually has the ability to put thoughts in your head, Joe one and Joe two, and convince you of things that may even be good things, but are not God's will for your life, or convince you of, of bad or, or, you know, to do things that are difficult, but uh, or that you shouldn't do, I should say. But in prayer, as an example, when people begin to advance in prayer and things get simpler and quieter, the devil will often come and say, you know, Uh, he's not here. You don't feel him anymore. Um, You're wasting your time. You really don't need to be doing this. And sometimes people think, well, that's my thoughts, you know, Uh, because the, the devil proposes it, but we hear it in the first person sometimes. We hear, you know, is he really here? Am I wasting my time? And the devil says, you know, all those graces you experienced in the past, you just sort of, I think you made those up. And then you hear first person, you know, I think, I wonder if all those experiences in my conversion were real you know that's how the enemy works so subtly in our minds so that's one of a million hidden ways and of course when you go to mass if you go to latin mass right now uh it's a lot easier but if you're, you're in the ordinary form uh, the devil will both cause abuses and get you to focus on abuses right so so sometimes we don't realize that he wins a double when he causes abuses which are rampant in the ordinary form and then we get obsessed over them and so we we are not pro- we're not going forward with a proper disposition to receive him in the holy sacrifice of the mass so there's a lot of ways that he moves very subtly amongst very faithful Catholics and gets us as as Joe too was saying you know, hacked off and energetic about things that don't actually bring about any good. Uh, so, you know, those are just two examples.
1: One of the one of the ways that I uh, approach this, um, and I'd like to hear your comments. I don't trust myself, Dan. I yeah. mean, I'll be honest with you. I up. I- Before I mean I live a pretty decent life and and my life is 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 structured and it works. I've learned and how I came into the faith is my way doesn't work. I've also seen my weaknesses. I know who I am. And I trust the church, the sacraments, our lady. Yeah. And that is how I guide myself through these type of temptations, because I think the minute you start to think that you know something, or you are strong, or you have it together, oh, that's when you're done.
2: Yeah, you're in trouble. There's a tripartite uh, uh, set of sayings I like to repeat. I can't remember if I put it in the book, but the human person has an infinite capacity for self-delusion, Right. that When we judge ourselves, we assess ourselves on the basis of what we aspire to be, what not what we actually are. And then thirdly, we give ourselves credit for good intentions, whether or not we fulfill them. Mm-hmm. So what you just said about not trusting yourself, I just g- gave, of course, three of the best reasons not to trust yourself. But yeah, we, we do need to um, mm-hmm. instead of saying, I think I wish I want. And this happens in traditionalist communities, and just you know, your regular Novus Ordo, both have issues. Both, I'm on the traditionalist end of the camp, but I spent most of my Catholic life in the Novus Ordo, so I I love people in both, and priests in both, and and uh, uh, I prefer the Latin Mass, but both communities have things that they believe that that really. Um, are centered in them and their preference and their desire rather than the teachings of the church. As an example, uh, most ordinary form Catholics are really uh, too much oriented to what they prefer in worship, which God could care less what you want in worship. Worship is about him, not about you. In the traditionalist communities, they're, they're very good at devotional uh, life spiritually really terrible at mental prayer but all the best teaching on mental prayer came before the Second Vatican Council so there we have weaknesses in all of them but as you note we need to ask ourselves am is the Catholic is the Catholic is the Catholicism that I'm living and that I believe in of my making Nova Sordo TLM or or is it? God, or is it God's? And if it's mine, you know, in the Old Testament, you had two priests who offered something called strange fire before the Lord, and he killed them. And I, I think it's to send an eternal message that you don't get to decide how to worship me. You, you worship the way I ask you to worship because I gave my son for you. I gave everything to redeem you. I brought you into existence. And I ask and I and I and I think he can demand and I don't see that as a mean god that when you come you come as I ask you to come. You come with reverence. You come with a prepared heart. You come with a bent knee. You come with humility, not with demands and not with what you want, what you like, what you prefer. So
0: Dan, talk about I'm, a counter could talk about a counter cultural idea there Dan Burke you know that goes over like a lead balloon in american society bend the knee reverence yeah. respect right. you know th- th- these are these are these are things that unfortunately many catholics don't want to hear you know I
1: I want to comment on what he said because it really struck a chord with me it's a it's sure. obedience it's yeah. obedience our lady was obedient yeah. and what god asked of her made no sense You will have a child and you will not know man. That makes no sense. And she trusted. She was obedient. We don't have that today. And I'll tell you a story, and it made a deep impact on me, and I always remember it. I was in a retreat with the missionaries of charity. A very good priest was giving the retreat. I don't remember what he said to right now I couldn't tell you one thing that that priest said while I was there, though, I thought it was good. What I remember of that retreat was at a coffee break. They invited a man who was very simple, I would almost say he was mentally handicapped. And someone was talking to him. And he was looking at that person saying, Yes, yes, I agree. yes. I remember how he paid attention, how he agreed with everything, how he absolutely accepted it like a child. That's how we have to accept the Lord. And we don't, we simply don't as Catholics across the board, every spectrum. And that is how we change the world. And that is how we keep the devil away.
0: Um, You're joining us at the front line with Joe and Joe Dan Burke Dan, if you want to comment on that also I just want to follow up um, because all this that we're talking about obviously we not that we're complaining but we're pointing out some things that we could all do better but then that leads to progress so let's talk about progress let's talk about some some practical things Um, you uh, you take the reader through seven levels of spiritual progress explaining what God is accomplishing within our souls at each stage. So d- describe that for our audience. What does what, what that well, all come down to?
2: And we're do- you're doing a good job of of introing it in a sense because you're talking about humility and obedience. Uh, what what t- Teresa Avila reveals is she gives this illustration of we're, we're to enter this castle to be authentic disciples of Jesus. We enter this castle and there are seven mansions, but there's a lot of other little rooms in each mansion, that we travel to to the center, which is essentially our salvation and Jesus and being closer to God. And so she describes at each phase what the specific temptations will be and specific ways we can fight because the devil acts differently for someone who's at the beginning. So someone who's at the beginning, as an example, the first mansion. When somebody says, you know what, I'm tired of being in the outer courts, I know I'm in the kingdom, but I don't think I'm gonna make it to heaven. Because most people who stay on the outer courts don't make it to heaven. And Jesus said that in Matthew 7:22 or 7 or 7.14. Uh, the narrow way is few, and the and the wide way to destruction is many. And he's talking to Jews who've all been circumcised, and these are all his disciples. So he's these are people in the kingdom, so to speak. So she's saying, if you really want to make it, you got to enter the castle. And the entryway to the castle, as an example, is daily mental prayer and the examine, meaning or or, or, exa- or uh, reflection. So she says, and she presumes your sacramental life is, is in place. So, you know, we've talked a little bit about that. So what that means is every day you make a, a, a purposeful decision at a purposeful place and time to meet Jesus and spend time with him in prayer in the Gospels, however, wherever you are in your your stage of prayer. And every day, you, at some point in the day, are spending time asking, where am I in relationship to God? How am I making progress with God? Where am I sinning? You know, you're, It's a, it, the best way we've done this in tradition is, is examination of conscience. She says, if you do those things, you're going to enter into authentic discipleship. You're going to get clarity about who you are. You're going to learn what your sins are. You're going to care about things you never cared about before. You're going to learn which where God is and how to grow closer to God. But she says at the same time, the demons in the outer court are going to go nuts, and they're going to try to propose to you all the things that you love or attach to in the world, in terms of the world, the flesh, and the devil, because they know... This, everyone who goes in the castle, as long as they stay in, they always get holier and they always bring other people with them. So they, the, the hardest place, the, the, the hardest part of entering into authentic discipleship is, uh, is is difficult both because we are not strong uh, in in terms of our will in terms of setting aside specific time every day in terms of specifically in a disciplined way drawing to the Lord so we're kind of weak and the demons are very strong and they're strong in us in the sense that the power of the of an of a demon over Joe one Joe two and Dan is is measure is determined based on how much we're attached to the world uh, the flesh and the devil to sin how much sin we have or how much attachments we have so as we enter into the castle he's worried because he knows the second you begin mental prayer meaning the second you begin to spend time with jesus in prayer you're, you, some of those handles they have on you're going to start peeling away they're going to start to get weaker that sort of thing and so what teresa describes in each of these mansions is this is what's going to happen to you in prayer these are the strategies of the devil and this is how you overcome them and that's just one example
1: let's talk about distractions in prayer and i'll tell you a distraction i have five children under seven dan and i try to pray the rosary every night and it's a circus yeah and i said this actually two nights ago i'll I'll be honest i said to my wife in frustration as we're trying to pray what this why are we even doing this and she said there is a reason why we're doing this. Yeah. This God, sometimes it's not always perfect and there's going to be distractions. Talk about how God works through distractions because he's working. You know what I mean? Like, like, yeah. like we we, you, me and Joe, we're not living in a monastery. I mean, we're right. in the world. And like yeah. I said, my house is a nut house. I got five kids. They're running around fighting, screaming, <laughs> the whole deal. So,
2: so I got, I got secret for you, uh, Joe. Drink. Uh, two, <laughs> words. No, two words. Duck tape. <laughs> I love uh, it. Yeah. So just get some. Get some. We, we,
0: we knew Dan Burke joining us at the front line <laughs> with Joe and Joe. You'd provide some practical solutions uh, to to our, to our problems. um yeah. Talk yeah. about Dan Burke joining us here, uh and we are discussing his new book that's available from Sophia Press, the The Devil in the Castle: Saint Teresa of Avila, Spiritual Warfare, and the Progress of the Soul. You've mentioned mental prayer a number of times. I, for one, have a lack of understanding sure. of, of, of mental prayer. It's called sure. for in Exodus 90, which I just yeah. started with a great group of guys in Connecticut. I'm a little bit late to the game because I just moved, but I picked it up yesterday. Great. Um, but the mental prayer part of it, I quite frankly don't know how to do and I don't, I don't understand. I think a lot of folks out there are are in the same boat. I'd love to experience mental prayer. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. I have a lot of distractions. Things like that. I wish you would try to, you know, just give give it the overview if you would.
2: I wrote a book that's, I wrote it for college students and above called Into the Deep, Finding Peace Through Prayer, where I talk about how to begin a habit of mental prayer. And it's using what I call discovery prayer, which is just another phrase for Lectio Divina. But mental prayer is just about having a conversation with the one you love. So I talk to my wife all the time. That's a kind of an earthly description of mental prayer. But when I'm talking to her in an intimate way, and you know, I love you, I appreciate you, I'm grateful for you. So if you want to start a practice of mental prayer, do nothing more than open the Gospel of John and ask the Lord to be present with you and begin to read it slowly out loud and really think about everything you're reading and as best you can you know put yourself in the scene decide you know if you're in the if you're in uh, i don't know it's luke 19 where you have zacchaeus right you know who are you in that in that story are you zacchaeus are you the one who's been away from god who knows he can't offer sacrifice in the temple because he's betrayed his people and he, and he heard the messiah's coming and set him free are you somebody watching zacchaeus are you jesus who eventually looks up and sees Zacchaeus in the tree get yourself into the scene of the of the scriptures talk to god about it but slow reading uh out loud every word dedicated for a specific period, 10 minutes is a good way, to, good, good time to start. And you will begin to experience God in, in ways that you've never done before. In that book, I talk about dealing with distractions. One of the secrets to dealing with distractions in mental prayer is uh, I use the illustration of monkeys, right? All of us are old guys, the three of us. Uh, for every year of life, I think you get allocated 10,000 monkeys. They start to die off when you get uh you know in your 60s and 70s but uh, in in our age group we have a lot of monkeys and the secret to not having them wake up and mess with us in prayer is getting up early when they're groggy groggy monkeys rarely cause a ruckus right so get up don't look at don't look at your cell phone do not look at any any eye things or e things and sit down for 10 minutes uh greet the Lord, ask him to show you himself, reveal himself, begin to read scripture out loud slowly. When he meets you, when he touches you, conviction, sadness, sorrow, elation, joy, whatever you feel, or even something you can't describe, you allow that to wash over you. You stop because the Lord is doing a work. He's cleansing you. And then when that's done, you go back and reread that portion that the lord moved your heart in and until that dissipates and so i describe all of this in into the deep and it's you can get the book i think for two or three bucks a pop at uh, dynamic dynamic catholic if you buy them in bulk or you can get them at sophia institute press but um that's a great way a great uh that's a simple discussion about how you do mental prayer and but always remember this you're married joe too
1: yes yes both of us yes
2: So the highest, the the most common analogy used by the spiritual doctors of the church to describe what mental prayer is about is the marital union. So when you're at the deepest kind of holy intimacy with your spouse, things you wouldn't do there, you wouldn't do in mental prayer. You're not, this isn't gimme prayer. This isn't fix this, give me that, you know, whatever. This isn't lists of things to do. This is just time. Just like, think of Jesus being alive. Uh, it, it, I mean, physically with us, incarnate, like he was in the in the first century. You're you're get, you're going to sit with him, like he like Mary did in Bethany, or just you know out in the wilderness. He's sitting on the rock and praying. You sit up, you come up next to him, and you say, "Lord, I, I I'd like to talk to you." And you 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 think of it in that way, not in I mean, it's so hard to get past all the junk and the ways we think about prayer. But the, hopefully, that's helpful.
0: No, no, it's it's extremely helpful.
1: And I think the morning, I think you hit it right on the head. I read my Magnificat in the morning, and even before I have my coffee, it is powerful, as opposed to as the day moves on,
0: you're all over the place. Dan, I admire Joe Joe Rasinello because you mentioned the I things and the E things that we kind of wake up with. Joe, and I say this again in an admiring way, does not own one of the I things or E things. I think it's fat. I think it's fat. So he's not even tempted to reach for it or to say, you know what? Rather than keeping the Bible on my nightstand, I'm going to keep my phone. I'll just pick that up and read. No, no, no. Leave the E.I. thing over there and pick up the actual pen. Let's start reading books again. But uh, that—that's funny. No, but that was very, very helpful because um, I think you know a lot of times people have a misunderstanding when you say mental prayer. Well, then should I just be silent and everything else? So. Thank you for that. And one more time, to let our audience know, Dan, what's the name of that book?
2: Into the Deep, Finding Peace Through Prayer.
0: Awesome. Joe Racinello, where are we headed?
1: There's so much to talk about with this book, uh, The Devil in the Castle, and you guys definitely have to go out and get it. We could talk about contemplative uh, prayer, but I wanted to touch on this because I thought this was, again, a very unique aspect of this book because it it, it breaks a lot of, like, Stereotypes. You, you say this, why is it dangerous to assume your decisions are correct if you feel at peace? Now, oh, I've yeah. always was told that like when you discern something, if you feel at peace, you, you're there how is that because I I mean I think that's very unique and I'm very interested in in
2: that that conversation slap the person who told you that it's the most it's the most common advice given in the church and the worst advice most commonly given in the church Um, the fact is that the enemy can give you peace the enemy can give you a false peace when you're going from mortal sin to mortal sin in particular the kind of peace he gives you is a uh, he'll justify in your soul The longing for that thing that is an attachment, even if it's not like, you know, I used to have a Jeep that was an attachment, you know, but justifying you focusing on that thing, and he gives you this sort of false, false peace. Later on in the interior life, he can give you false consolation which we feel as peace, to try to get you to do something good that is not God's will. That That's what he does to, to busy holy people. So it, it's, it's, it should never be a universal that and you tell anyone, if you have peace, it's God's will. You have to know a lot more about their life. You have to know, are you in habitual mortal sin? Well, likely the peace there, you know, I have peace because I love my girlfriend and we really love each other. We don't need a contract and you know, all this. Uh, Yeah, that's the devil's piece, right? Or or let's say uh, Joe 1 or Joe 2, you guys have a bunch of kids, Joe 1's got a bunch of kids, and you've got a busy job and all of that, and you've got a radio show, and then... The people start to ask you to do public speaking, and the devil says, "Yeah, you're really p- effective and you're powerful." You start floating off to do a lot of that, and suddenly your kids are not seeing you for months out of the year, or or your wife or whatever. So the enemy piece is a bad. is <laughs> a. It's a it, I, I'm I'm sorry to say it's the worst and most common advice people get, and and I do talk about in the book uh, how do you. How, you know, all the things we're discussing here, how do you get past that problem? Peace can help you discern, but there has to be a lot of other things at play. Is, is what you're, are you following, are you um, giving yourself properly to the state, your state in life? Are you in habitual sin or not? Are you, you know, is it according to the magisterium or not? And you know, there's a lot of questions you have to ask to see if the peace you have is actually from God versus from yourself or the devil.
1: I think you touched on something that's very important because God could take some, I mean, the devil could take something good and twist it. Like you just said, you could be working so much. You could, you could have this podcast. You could do next thing, you know, you forget your vocation, our vocation, all of us are married. I always say this, my job is to get my wife and kids to heaven. And if I don't do that, he doesn't care that a hundred thousand people listen to you on a podcast, doesn't care. You know, and, and we forget that. I forget that. And, and, and I think also what could help with that, Dan, and if you agree or disagree, regular confession. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because that's the slap in the face. That is the, I got to get in check here. And that opens our eyes. It takes the scales off our eyes. How easy scales could come on our eyes and we miss
2: the important things. Yeah, and you talk about the basics, and and I don't know anyone who's making spiritual progress who goes to uh, confession any less than once a month. I just don't. Uh, I'm sure they're out there. I'm sure it's, you know, but most of the people I know who are making a ton of spiritual progress, and we have a lot in our community of Apostoly VA, back giving Joe again credit for say, saying it right, as um, uh, a lot of our community, but part of our community commitments we make is that we, we go to Mass minimum once a month, but we always recommend every other week. And even if you don't have habitual sin, if you understand, confession confession is not just about the forgiveness of sin confession is also about giving you the strength to overcome your sin giving i say
1: that all the time you're so right it's medicine it's medicine when i have a bad thing that i did it's the first thing i say because i don't want to do it again
2: yeah 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 that's exactly right so you know uh where, we're, I think you said this. We're going to air before Lent. I think it's a it's a great time for people to really dig into these things and, and to get back to the basics and make sure. I do I really understand confession? Do I really understand what sin is? Do I know what intrinsic evil is? You know, no, do see that's I, have I think a
0: that that's that's what I think. Where we have to we have to be a little bit more shrewd as Catholics. Okay, where we let let's say Hollywood caricature our our beautiful sacrament of confession you know like Hollywood would portray it let's say um rather than as you just described and reminding people that there's grace there that our Lord wants to give to you it's not just a litany of your sins okay um there is a grace there to go and talk to Jesus you're you're talking to the priest who's in persona Christi right but you're talking to Jesus you're offering him your sins and stop I think it's important on one level Dan for, for men like us to remind people of that To remind catholics of that don't listen to the nonsense hollywood says about our faith roll up your sleeves and get into the faith a
2: little bit Yep, amen to that i'm good Um, you're exactly right
0: so we have about uh probably have about two and a half minutes left dan i had one more question we probably had about 10 more questions we could spend hours (laughs) with you dan burke joining us at the front line with joe and joe um i'd like to and this one's a little uh, more personal because i experienced in this experience this how and why does god use dryness in prayer to advance the progress of our souls. How does that work? We have about, about two minutes, Dan.
2: Two reasons. One is it's it's like a um dashboard light in your car. It could point you to the fact that you're getting slack in your spiritual disciplines, uh, you're not keeping your spiritual commitments, you're you know, you're you're being slothful. So when you have aridity, it's God saying, Hey Joe. Uh, you're not taking care of business. That's one way. The other way is there is there is a kind of contemplative dryness, which is a, a way that God uses to take us into deeper prayer after someone's been practicing mental prayer for a number of years and assuming they're making progress in all other areas. Uh, the Lord will take us out of prayer that we're in control of into prayer that he's in control of, which is what we call contemplative prayer. So aridity... Is truly a gift no matter which way you look at it. Though, an aridity for the audience is just simply the, the, the absence of the uh, sensible presence of God, the perceived absence of the presence of God. He's not really absent, but he, it's like the mom who has a little baby who's giving milk, you know, breastfeeding the baby, and then she puts the baby down and, and the baby can't see mama and can't strain its neck and it's crying. Mom's still there, but she knows the little one needs to get stronger. So similarly, uh, aridity helps us in many ways to indicate patterns of sin and dissipation and also progress in prayer that we need to yield to
0: thank you for that dan burke dan 30 seconds final thoughts please tell our audience where they could buy your book
2: oh spiritualdirection.com uh the other one is if you want free courses on a lot of this stuff uh, apostoliva.org va.org eorg uh, you can join without becoming a formal member of the community. We provide free formation and courses and support uh, with thousands of people like these guys uh, who are running this show all around the world, drawing together uh, to support one another in these difficult times.
0: Awesome. Dan Burke, thanks for joining us here, and we want to thank you all out there for listening to us on the Veritas Catholic Network, 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial, spreading the truth of the Catholic faith to the New York metropolitan area. Please be sure to download the Veritas Catholic Radio Network mobile app so that you could have access to all of our station's content. and Joe and I ask um, in another area, please uh, support us at thefrontlinetv.com, thefrontlinetv.com. You can listen to all of our social media content on there and a whole bunch of other great content, Catholic content. So we'd appreciate that. And please, as always, keep us all in your prayers. We appreciate that. And remember, until the next time, that our conversation is your conversation and that conversation is going on everywhere. We'll talk to you soon.